Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is the weekly Star Wars podcast. I hope you are keeping well and you've had a great cracking week and you've done something Star Warsy, whatever that might be. This is episode 141 and if you've not listened to last week yet, if that's not been on your agenda, then make sure you go back and do that because we had a cracking show last week. We had a really cool guy on, we interviewed him, it was Mr. Charles Soule, we interviewed him about his recent work on the High Republic stuff and dived into a little bit of history around the light of the Jedi and him uh, being involved in the early days of the story group and Project Luminous and that and moving forward into some of the future stuff we had a little a little peek into phase two and some of the bits that he's working on with that so it was a really really good chat Mark and I thought he was a great guy so um yeah whiz back in time and listen to that if you've not done that yet but back to the present for 141 we're not going to do any news this week there's nothing too pressing anyway there's been a couple of little nuggets of stuff around gaming and some comic stuff but nothing too pressing that we need to get on with this week so mark and i are going to crack on with our uh, review we're going to continue into our reviews of the book of boba fett so we're two behind because we were doing our interview last week so we are on to chapters four and five but before we get to all that please make sure that you follow this podcast in your fave podcast app we're all on we're on the major platforms so just do a search for spark of rebellion you'll find us on there or head over to sparkofrebellion.com. you can listen to all of our episodes for free in your browser if you're at work etc we are on the socials too we're on twitter instagram and facebook there are links on the website or just do a search for spark of rebellion we post little bits around star wars during the week so come and get involved over there and before we crack on with the content proper i am one of your hosts gary but as always i can't just smash into the reviews without mentioning my co-host it is the guy that i think pretty much going by all of his photos over the last week has literally just purchased one of the multicolored Vespers from Chapter Three. So, let's see what he thinks about that. It's Mr. Mark. Hey, dude. I'm all right. How are you doing, dude? I mean, I have not got one of those Vespers. Um, Lies. Well, no, I wouldn't have one. Wouldn't be seen dead on one. Take it back. Didn't want one. No. So, didn't want one. Didn't want it too. Um, <laughs> Yeah, all it is. Wouldn't have one. They look crap. Um, but yeah, we are back. Charles was a, a good guy, wasn't he? I really enjoyed that chat last week. And uh, there is a little bit, there is a little bit of news about gaming, which uh, I forgot about. So yeah, that's a good point, dude. We'll get to that maybe next week then, because there's some interesting stuff there, isn't there? Mm. Um, so yes, fair play, fair play. But yeah, all right, dude. I'm, uh, what have you been up to Star Wars-wise this week? Anything? Nothing? Something? Star Wars-wise. So I took your advice from last week or the week before whenever we spoke about reading stuff to do with the, the High Republic. So uh, the next book is uh, it's winging its way to me as we speak. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to be on that when that arrives, uh, which is um, uh, I need to play catch up. I'm not as far into it as you. So I need to read The Rising Storm. So that's on its way. So as soon as that arrives, I will crack on with that. And then as it's International Lego Day, I thought I'd finish the tie fight a bit of lego that i started uh, approximately two weeks ago approximately three weeks ago and i started with about six bricks then and Good. now i've got about <laughs> 30 bricks in so i'm making good progress dude it's uh as you as always with lego i'm smashing through it so good yeah you don't take your time with lego do you, you go straight in and you oh. do a lot straight up I don't take my time and enjoy it. No, 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 I'm no. Done. Thirty minutes. God, it's uh, Lego's a funny one, isn't it? Especially when you're doing like some of the stuff that requires a bit of structure, because you spend say there's like fourteen bags or something. You spend fifth, uh, like fifteen. No, you can't spend fifteen bags. You spend like seven bags doing internal structure that looks like nothing. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. and then you're like, oh, all right, all right, all right. So, yeah, I do like a bit of Lego. I need, I've got some. I need to start some. I got that old air wing that I want to start. Um, do it. Get that one done. Um, yeah. I've not done too much this week either. I've done all I've done. I think is read, carry on reading the Thrawn book. Oh, yeah. great, a good. Mm. Uh, which I love, man. I love. I really, really, really like these newer Thrawn books. Like I keep saying, this one is obviously going to lead up to his exile um, prior to the first of the new Thrawn trilogy book. So it's sort of this nice little full circle thing. It's really well done. So I'm enjoying that. But been a been a quiet week otherwise, man. Um, is that true? I feel like something else happened. Probably lots. Forget happened, it. Just not Star Wars. Yeah. Mm. The other thing I did is I went back and randomly watched a few episodes of the clone wars did this thing where you just close your eyes and wave your finger and wherever it stops you watch that thing i ended up watching this little trilogy thing which was a real sort of departure from what was going on in series i think it was season uh, four season five four or five it's the one where there's this little little dude he's one of the generals and he basically uh i can't remember what alien race he is but he basically rounds up a group of droids it's like R2, there's another few, and they go off on this thing. It's like three episodes long, and they go off into the void on this planet, and and they bump into this guy that was a, a clone, and he didn't know it, and he was one of the uh, uh, commando troopers and stuff. And yeah, it was a really, it's a real because it's the it's the three episodes just before you you get back into it with um, with Darth Maul because he's just been found in earlier on in that season, and it's a really weird just departure from the, the flow of the season, but. It was a fun little watch, though, those three episodes. It's just I'm surprised they dedicated that much time to these droids just knocking around. Yeah. Well, the Clone Wars does that a lot, doesn't it? Like, the Clone Wars sort of skips about a bit. The chronology of the Clone Wars is weird. Because um, it really, like, ep- episode X of season five will happen before episode Y of season two. So it's, yeah, I get that. And it's 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 a bit like Smallville and stuff like that for me, where, you know, if you... Those little trilogies, those little arcs are brilliant to watch as like these little self-contained chapters somewhere. But then if you were to strip all of those out and sort of watch the mythology-based ones, you'd end up with just this epic run of content. So you got you can sort of do what you want, can't you, with the Clone Wars? I, 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 I appreciate it for that kind of setup, you know? Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that's why they posted. A lot of people started doing the chronological order of of how to watch them i think even starwars.com did their own version yeah. of it where you do like a block of stuff and then you go forward and backwards and then grab these episodes so yeah you're right man it's they good. did actually yeah they did that with uh when they brought out season seven that's they, right they did yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um yeah, yeah. wicked good. uh got a little joke for you before we get into it oh i might have told you it before but it's hilarious what and i made it up as it goes <laughs> a few years ago what is Freddie Mercury's favourite part of the room to decorate? The dado. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I get it. Right. I just love your face. You can't see, listen to Mark's face, but just beaming with pride at that joke. It's hilarious. <laughs> I have got another one as well, which I might have told you. Is it the tape measure? What? Well... Can't do that through a virtual Zoom. What is Whitney Houston's favourite type of coordination? I don't know. What is Whitney Houston's favourite type of coordination? And I... <laughs> He's pissing himself. For God's sake. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> probably the comedy probably the comedy yeah that's the thing about sparkle rebellion we're one big organism yeah yeah the mouth and the yeah what part are you mark probably the humor <laughs> i think based on those until jokes, next time yeah see you later everyone right so be with you the book of boba fett we are back on to our reviews of chapters four and five so chapter four the gathering storm and then chapter five, Return of the Mandalorian. Now, I think we've got some really interesting things to talk about because if we chose to do the Charles Charles Soul interview maybe in between two and three or something, then I don't think it'd be as interesting. But these two episodes, dude, are very much like 
we'll come on to them, of course. But yeah, just worlds apart. We, you know, these two that we've we've ended up in to review together. So chapter four it is essentially around the sort of flashback around how Fett um, came into contact with Fennec Shand. He saved her, blah blah blah, and um, he goes off to. Um, well, he finds her, and then she's been she's been beaten up. Basically, he takes her to this mod parlor. They fix her up. She's now got like, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a classic thing you see in Star Wars where they you know fix somebody's you know limbs or whatever with some some uh, electronics and stuff. So she's all good, and then she's like, okay, you know, you saved my life, so I will um I will accompany you whatever you need to do. And they go off to the Sarlacc pit because Boba Fett wants his armor back. So he's like, okay, we'll go to the Sarlacc pit, we'll get the armor, everything will be fine. And then, um, you know, we'll go off to Jabba's palace. Uh, we'll do away with Bib Fortuna, find the armor, everything's going to be hunky-dory. And uh, once they've done that, Shan is like, actually, you seem like a cool guy. I'll, uh, I'll stick around and do that. So that's chapter four. Boba Fett taking out Bib Fortuna, taking his spot on the throne, off to the Sarlacc pit to find his armor. Bit of a flashback. So, dude, uh, one of the news stories actually was a lot of um, a lot of people that have watched that episode, Chapter 4, saying that there's a massive plot hole with that. So before we get on to some stuff, some details, it's there. I, I can't remember exactly what the deal was with that. So I think what it was, back in The Mandalorian, the, the Boba Fett's armour went to Cobb Vanth, and that was because... Um, the Jawas had stolen it originally and then he had taken it off the Jawas and then Boba Fett and Shand were off to get it back from him. But in this episode, he thinks that the armour is still inside the Sarlacc. So that's why he goes into the Sarlacc pit to retrieve the armour. But that is in contrast to the Mandalorian where he escaped with his armour and the Jawas then stole it from him. Blah, blah, blah. So there's a bit of a weird thing to get into there with the plot potential plot hole, loophole with that. But what do you think of this episode overall, dude? Because we complained a little bit up to this point, a little bit slow, a little bit me, me, me. There's a couple of cool bits in some of the episodes, but did this one uh, pique your interest any more than the others? It did, and, and the plot hole is definitely a plot hole, especially like when, when he and Fennec went back into the Sarlacc to get the armour that clearly wasn't there because he got out with it on. and you, Otherwise, he would have been burnt to death by the acid. So you sort of think that's a bit daft, that Jabba. Uh, not Jabba, Boba. Jabba, Boba. Uh, Jabba, Boba. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was stupid. That was a little bit stupid. Um, if they'd wanted to destroy the Sarlacc, which is clearly what that point of that entire scene was, they should have just gone, that motherfucking Sarlacc nearly burned my face off. I'm going to blow him up. <laughs> like That would have been just easier. Like He's a mercenary. He's like a bounty hunter. He's a badass. He could have just gone, I hate that Salak, hate it, and just gone and blown. And we'd have just been like, got your own back there, Shag. Do you know what I mean? It would have been fine. Mm. Um, when he was but let's forget for, that. for pasties at the same time down in Cornwall somewhere. Well, different strokes for different folks, isn't it? Mm. Different accents for different mark sense. Um, <clears throat> overall, dude, yeah, the, uh, the the episode was was it was. Don't get me wrong, it was still slow. But it was Godfather slow, not Book of Boba Fett so far slow. In that, it was, um, it felt like he was finally sort of settling into being like a, a more traditional crime lord, you know. So you think about, from my perspective, I, I was thinking like the the issues were with with for, for the season, I think so far, have been to do with the flashbacks because they are infinitely more interesting. And I, I just wonder if, had they told the first three episodes in the past and then skipped ahead to the Mandalorian, especially, you know, spoilers, but especially given what happens on episode five, that would have been a perfect segue to be like, right, these episodes before episode five are in the past. These ones after episode five are in the present. It feels like the pacing would have been so much better because I understand that we had to learn about his, his mindset during, you know, Attack of the Clones era. Learn about his mindset with the Raiders, Sam people. Um, 
and learn about that respect and changing his mind and, and, and changing his mentality and not wanting to just be the always be the expendable one, always wanting to try and take a bit of control and rise up and be the law. I, I understand all of that, but how it's been delivered has been really lacking, you know? Um, so I think that's that's been the problem. When you look at episode four, for me, that was the catalyst of Boba Fett sort of saying, right, I'm not going to go all the way one way and be this bounty hunter that does whatever people want me to do, nor am I going to go all the way the other way and let people take the piss. I sort of, I've got to do something in the middle, which is for me, that's when he became, you know, the meeting of the five families and that whole kind of, all I'm asking is that you don't stand against me. It, it's That's a very Godfather. That's a very Michael Corleone thing to do. You know, it's very much... I will get you here. And rather than killing you for disobeying or for going against me, I'm going to make it very, very clear that if you go against me, there will be repercussions, which is is almost more sinister and more ominous than just wiping someone out around a table like you see in, in certain films. So it's that felt very crime lordy. Um, so I sort of didn't mind it, but I, it, it, I think it just helped me, especially, as I said, having seen episode five as well, put that into context in that had they just split that up, and just gone, there's the past, and then up to episode five, this is the present, everyone would have been like, right, okay, now we get it. We get it. Because there was so much in episode, I think episode four, and maybe in episode three, where it was 90% the past. You know, 95% the past. And there were some great callbacks, you know, the, the Raiders getting killed and, and blah, 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 that, were, that shadowed Attack of the Clones and all that. Sort of. So there were some lovely moments but it was just structured badly from my perspective. Um, yeah. What do you, you think? Yeah, I read you. I think um, the reason why the flashbacks, I, I think, are a bit more engaging for viewers rather than the present stuff with the with the Boba Fett stuff is that there's not much going on in the present. If you think about what's happened since he's taken over the crime, um, you know, the head of the crime, I keep forgetting what the name is. Begins with D. He does throw it around a few times, but uh, the Dion or the Dioma or something like that. Something yeah. Like, yeah. Since he became that, really, all that's happened is he's threatened the mayor. He's told the twins to bugger off, and he's had a fight with Chrysanthemum. Other than that, not much has really taken place, and not, nothing's really going on. So, I think the flashback stuff is providing a lot more entertainment for that reason. So we have the whole, and also because it's Boba Fett, you know, one of those characters where he was very mysterious within the OT films and people are desperate to find out a bit of backstory and stuff. So I think that's why the the flashbacks were more entertaining. But I agree, dude, it would have been really cool to have something on screen at the start of episode or chapter one, sorry, that said, you know, I don't know, 32 years ago, set it up as a nice little, you know, a telling of a tale and then you get to this point chapter five and you're like right present day this is what's happening so that would have been cool but there are a couple of cool things in chapter four though that i quite liked i liked the, the you mentioned the scene at the end where he's got the um well he's got all the crime bosses over at his place they're having some doritos and some some budweiser's and stuff and they're all chatting and he's like look you guys are taking a piss and i'm sick of it and they're like well you know, you're not the boss around here. <laughs> if he is a boss. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and he basically says, look, I've got this rancor down here. If you don't toe the line, you're, you're rancor food. And that was very cool. I like that because that was very much a hark back to uh, the whole Jabba the Hutt days, you know. So it kind of went against his thing a little bit, this whole rule with respect rather than fear. That was a little bit of a, I'm going to shit you up now. Rancor down there. You didn't realize I had one, did you? You know, then they were like, okay, cool. Yeah. So it was kind of half and half for me because he wasn't saying, look, if you don't join with me, I'm going to feed you to the rancor. It was more like, fine, if you don't want to, you know, just don't go against me, remain neutral. So that was kind of interesting. And then the other thing, the scene that was just completely hilarious, one of the most random, funny, it was almost like, you know, a night in Barnsley, like a Friday night in Barnsley where you've got, wow. You've got, you've got Chrysanthemum who sat there getting absolutely wankered. And for some reason, we don't know why, but these these Trandoshans are just annoying him. We don't know why. They're just on their own, not hurting anyone, having a laugh and a crack. 
and he's just getting slowly, slowly wound up, and we don't even know why. And at the end, he just slams his drink down, goes over, and just slaps them all up. It was hilarious, dude. So there were a couple of scenes that were that were pretty. And funny. she calmed him down. <laughs> it, it was like well, like the barmaid, wasn't it? Or the spoons. Like the bar- whoa, 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 calm down. Whoa. Oh, and then like all the time she's warring, she's like fucking dodging shoes and like, you know what I mean? Dodging John Smith's glasses and like old ashtrays. Do you know what I mean? And then you just got this walkie going schizo at a bunch of chads because they were all wearing Stone Island. Do you know what I mean? And the chads like, fuck you, Wookie. I don't care about you. You know what I mean? The Wookie's just like, Rrr! all the while you've got like the bar staff, like the bar manager who's pegged it down. He's running, but he's, he's some skinny little run and he's just like what am i gonna do what am i phone jd and they're like jd weatherspoon's not a real guy so what are we gonna do there's a wookie kicking off and then just you get this twi'lek that comes out and everyone's like what are you doing here and not because she's a twi'lek just they're glad to see her and she sorts it out <laughs> and that's that's just one weatherspoons that's that's essentially a night that dave filoni had when he was in the uk and now it's translated perfectly into an episode of the Book of Boba Fett. So, well yeah, done. <laughs> Dave Filoni is like, where did you get inspiration from this from Dave? And he's just, you know, he's on a podcast talking. He's like, went to, uh, went to Winnersh, as it goes, actually. Went for... <laughs> went to Taplow. Yeah. Went to the, went to the, went to the, the, the curry night on Tuesday night. You get a fiver, you get a pint, you get a curry, you get a naan bread, you get a bit of rice. And I was like, What's that Wookiee doing here? He's going to get it all in his Wookiee hair. And that's when it kicked off. Shouldn't have said anything. Shouldn't have said out. No. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that scene was funny though, dude. Yeah, just, it was. I think that was just to say, sorry, just to um, portray to the viewer that Chris Anton just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, it was just, he's just a badass. Something's winding him up. Unlike Chewie, who's a bit more reserved, this guy is a bit like, nah, not having it. What's that? I said, I'm not having it. And Bosch is away. And it's probably to do with like showing that there is no real allegiance. You know, the fact fact that he and Boba went at it is just transactional. Yeah. You know, because he's, he was kicking off at the Trandoshans. I mean, the Trandoshans, I think, were like hunting Wookiees in, in, the, in the, the cannon somewhere, if I remember. But it's like, I think it was there just to show, like you said, he doesn't, number one, give a crap. But number two, there's no, if he's beating up on someone, to him, it's a there and then thing. It's not like a grudge. So when Boba says, I got a job, or whatever he says, you know, it, it's it becomes more palatable for the audience to see Chris and then go, all right, you know, sort of doesn't matter to me. Like whose bones we're crushing makes no difference. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I read you. And it also provides a nice contrast between what the kids who are watching it, who have grown up or have recently got into star Wars and thought that Chewie and the Wookiees on Kashyyyk and everything, you know, they're quite a, mm-hmm. they'll fight if they need to, as in the battles that were going on in revenge of the Sith and whatnot. They will, they will go to war if they need to, but essentially they're a fairly calm race. You know, Yoda's friends with them. They've got an affinity with the Force and they're fairly chilled. I think it's just showing that nice contrast that this particular Wookiee, although he visually looks different to all the other Wookiees you've seen, his personality is very much uh, Mike Tyson in his prime versus, you know, someone more tame. I'm trying to think of a boxer that's more tame and calm. Henry Cooper. Yeah, yeah Henry Cooper. Go on him. Yeah, that'll do. Good. Yeah. Um, so chapter four, dude, I think overall, uh, still slow, but it was more of a, um, more of a done with purpose in terms of before we get on to the, the, the two part finale, which ultimately should everything kick off. It was more of a, right, this is our last chance to actually put a little bit of context around Boba's escape from the Sarlacc and, and how Chris Anton's going to team up with him. And then it ends on that cliffhanger, not cliffhanger as such, but that bit at the end where um, Shand essentially says to him, look, we're going to need to recruit some muscle, basically. We're going to need a, a few more badasses. And we all know that that means The Mandalorian, which leads nicely into Chapter 5, dude, uh, titled Return of the Mandalorian. And 
First of all, before we get into the details, what do you think about having an episode of The Mandalorian slotted into? Because essentially this makes The Book of Boba Fett a six-episode series. Because although the, the thing overall is seven episodes, this wasn't anything to do with it, was it? So this, what do you think about just slotting in like a Mandalorian ep? Um, I can see why it's now seven episodes. You know when they said, oh, Book of Boba's seven episodes? Right. All right, that's a bit random. But now, you obviously, you can see why. Like you said, it's a six-episode series. Now, it's sort of weird, man, because, <clears throat> like, every time me and Sam go for a curry or, like, a Chinese or whatever, I usually pick something. I'm like, it looks all right, this. And then Sam comes out and she gets hers. And I'm like, ah, oh, you that's miles better. It's miles better. And then I have a taste of hers. I go back to mine. Mine's crap because she's made a better choice. Unless, unless I get a little bit of sagwala or get a little bit, whatever, get a little side order that takes it to the next level. So for me, the book of Boba Fett needs to add a side order. It's got to upgrade itself. It's got to get better because they've given us, they gave us one of the best episodes of the Mandalorian as an interlude to the book of Boba Fett. Like it was Easter eggs galore it was badass fighting. It was mythology galore. It was it was outside of, of, of the main Mandalorian season enough that it could almost do anything that it wanted. And all it needed to do was set up Mando. So it's almost like they didn't waste an episode of Mando season two explaining what had happened. It was just, there he is. He's got his new ship. He's got a Grogu pod. He's going to maybe go and see Grogu. And I mean, there's so much to unpack about this episode. Um you know, not least the bit at the end where Fennec says, right, we need some help. And Manda said, well, I've got to go and see a little fella first. You know, what's going to happen? Are we going to see more Luke? It's that, like, it was, that's why it was intended to do that. It was intended to do this very thing, to get us excited. Like, is Luke going to show up again? Are we going to see more Ahsoka? Where is Grogu? What's the deal? Um. So, I mean, there's so much to unpack about that episode, but it it, it, it leads you to wonder will the next two episodes of Book of Boba Fett take place immediately after, or will it be sort of three weeks has passed, and then in that three weeks, the Book of, uh, sorry, Mandalorian season three takes place? Because he's, you know, are they going to go, right, he's gone off to see his mate, Grogu, or whoever. That's documented in the next season of the Mando. And he did do that before he helped Boba, or is he just going to go, actually, no, do you know what, Boba needs me now. I'll just put that off for a day or two, and then we'll get the Mando season three. So it's like, it, it was it was intended to do exactly what it achieved, which was to get us salivating. And dude, it, it was, honestly, for me, one of the best episodes of The Mandalorian. It was it was brilliant. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? That, um, that Boba Fett was just not in it at all. Like the only link between the two storylines that are going on at the moment is like in the last 30 seconds mm. when Shan turns up and she's like, you know, I've got a job for you. He's like, no, I don't need a job. She's like, you need a job. And he's in. She had to really twist his arm. Well, you know what it's like. And he's in. So I just found it very weird, dude. I found it very... Sam. Uh, like a real departure from... But then again, maybe that's what it needed. Because let's be honest, the um, there, there isn't really a lot of momentum that's being carried forward with the Book of Boba Fett chapters. They kind of have, you know, a bit of a... You know, they don't go up and then it's like a, a big penultimate, sorry, a big action scene towards the end and leave you on a cliffhanger. And then you can't wait for next week. It's more of a climax in the middle. Something happens and then it sort of tapers off and then it's relaxed towards the end. And then you're like, oh, okay, if it comes out in two weeks, that's not so bad. I'll wait two weeks. <clears throat> so maybe it's maybe it's perfect for that. Maybe it does provide that bit of mid-series or kind of mid-series um departure and let you do something else it's just the fact that it's 99.9 percent .9 a mandalorian episode that they've just plonked mm. in there sounds weird but it was a great episode dude. It, uh, dude i think it was probably like you said one of the best one of the best episodes of the mandalorian because it threw everything in there in that one runtime of one episode so you had the little nods back to the things that made the mandalorian cool in the first place so um there were things like his line I can either bring you in cold or warm, you know, right back from episode one, the little transponder thing that he used back then to track his bounties and 
um, going back to, you know, looking through uh, the the underground subways, mm-hmm. you know, underways of of where they were, which essentially was a halo ring. Let's be honest. Oh, big um, time, big time, yeah. And they go back, and he sees the armorer, and there's Paz Vizsla, and that harks back to the old episodes. And we have a little reminder about forging Baskar and all that stuff. It was just throwing all that stuff in, all the bits that you'd probably forgotten about from the Mandalorian if you hadn't seen it in a while. But then um, kind of picking up where we left off at the end of series two, where he's left Grogu, he's gone off to do his own thing. But then like all, you know, uncles or father figures, whatever, they're kind of having that moment where like, actually, I miss the little dude. I miss him. I'm going to go and see if he's all right. So, yeah. So I think what's probably going to happen is um, he'll be recruited to help Boba Fett deal with whatever's coming up in these last two chapters. Boba Fett will be like, actually, yeah, you are really cool to have around. Why don't you stick around? You know, you can be part of the gang. And he's like, Mm-mm. I need to go and see my my little green frog son. Make sure he's all right. And uh, But you are right as well, dude. This It was littered with tons of of Easter eggs and little details from the prequels, um, the Mandalorian, the OT, just loads of stuff right in your face as well. They didn't hide it. BD one, for example, little droid from fallen yeah. order. Stuff, stuff Perfect. like that. Yeah. It was amazing, dude. The story side apart, um, putting that aside, did you like, cause some people will say that this is fan servicey, but did you like all the details and Easter eggs? Yeah, because it's, <clears throat> Like everyone that says it's fan servicey is like they did this with Ghostbusters. It's fan servicey. Yeah. Because fans are fans. Like who else are you supposed to service? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think um, some people complain that not so much that um, franchises do that, but that they do it for the sake of doing it because there isn't enough genuine story content. So they start doing that stuff to fill it in. Well, but so this is the interesting thing about where Star Wars gets it right with this and gets it wrong with Rise of Skywalker because none of these elements were story elements. None of them were story elements. It was just, we need a helper droid. Well, fuck it. We may as well use a BD unit. Right. We need to get him a ship that's off the grid. What ships existed before the fall of the Republic? Oh, a Naboo starfighter. Like, rather than what Rise of Skywalker did, which is, we need a planet. Right. What shall we... Oh, let's just create one. Right? But that planet doesn't get any story service. It doesn't get anything new. All it gets is the Emperor's there with some acolytes. Like, stick them on Mustafar, because it's the same outcome. There's no... It's not pivotal to the story in any way what planet that is. But to the fans, they get a, ah, Mustafar is that. So it's, I understand fan service from that perspective, that it doesn't serve the story, but where you need something to fill a gap that has got no consequence other than one, filling a gap and two, progressing the story, but not in a way that is pivotal, then why not? Why not do it? And that's what the Mando's done so well since the beginning since the beginning. It's just, for some reason, that has struck the balance. It really has. It's really managed to nail that fan service without being too beholden to it. Like, there's nothing wrong with putting a, um, you, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a nod or a bit of a reference in there because that's what people want, you know, and it's, no one can say that Mandalorian has not created anything new. You know, think about this episode of the Mando, they talk about Concordia and where he was on Concordia and you've got uh, Pre Vizsla and, and Death Watch were, were ousted to Concordia, you know, during the um, the Clone Wars um, to go and do their thing because they were, you know, they were the helmet off. They were against the Mandalorian way and they, they were the sort of the adopted, um, you know, adopted uh, Din Djarin and, and, and obviously Django was a sort of similar kind of mindset to that. And suddenly that just explains the Clone Wars, why they were there and why Din Djarin ex- escaped the purge. So it's fan service in such a way that it helps. Now he, he could have said, oh yeah, I was on, such and such a planet and made one up. Same purpose. Like I was Exegol. off. Yeah. Yeah. Like Exegol. I was, I was off planet when the purge occurred and I survived, but instead they went, Oh, yep. That's a planet that the diehards are going to know. So I, it, yeah, I, I thought that was great. And I, 
you know, I, I think when it comes to sort of whining about fan service, you got like fans are the ones that buy the stuff. You know, it, it's it's a balance for me. It really is a balance. So I didn't mind any of that. And I, I enjoyed seeing things like the Mandalorian Purge. It's the first time we've seen it. And I mean, that was brutal, dude. That was straight out of, you know, that was that was Skynet coming to hunt your shit down. Um, you know, the K2 droids um, basically acting like T-1000s and the, the, the bombing and all that. Dude, that was badass. So stuff like that as well. It just, I, I've thought that the Book of Boba Fett didn't, has not always looked as good as the Mandalorian. I don't know why, but it's just not quite looked as good. And it, may, it might be because it's on Tatooine, so the, the textures are just very similar in every episode. But this one just looked brilliant as well, you know, to that to, to the visual effects side of things. Again, it just looked brilliant. And and, and I think that, I just think they balanced everything really well. You know, the mythology of it, bringing in the Bo-Katan element, bringing in the fact that she was sort of a bit of a tool when she got the, 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 the Darksaber from Sabine Wren. Um, I, I think it's the glue that this new canon has needed things like that to, to say that this did exist in the same timeline as the Clone Wars and the, as, as Rebels and it, it's all one big saga and I do think the Mando's done that so much better than Boba Fett um, so I didn't mind the fan service dude what about you how, how did you feel about it I thought it was great I really thought it was great because like you said they didn't put things in there for for the sake of reinventing the wheel where it concerns Star Wars and all these little bits that they threw in. Um, and I'm just surprised. I'm, I'm surprised more than anything that they managed to get as much stuff in there as they did in one episode. Because every it, it seemed like every single conversation and every line that every character delivers just had so much lore behind it and so much stuff, you know, especially when he's back at... Uh, the um the armorer and he's had that little scrap with with Vizsla and stuff. She's just spitting out so much stuff, and that's Felony all over. That's all the Clone Wars stuff, you know, all the all stuff about the Purge and Mandalore and the Dark Saber. Literally within five minutes, you got so much lore and and story, useful story stuff that you would not get over two episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. It's just. So much um, stuff in there, and then all the th- literally all the things throughout that episode, it was like it was like a bet, like months before. It was like I bet you could, like a drunken night out with all those guys at Skywalker Ranch. They've had a lock in. They've like right. I bet you can't get fifty references in one episode. The Mandalorian and Bryce Dallas Howard's like, hold my beer, find me a pen, get me Dave Filoni on the phone, watch this. Because even like when he when he parks up on uh, uh, at Tatooine and he goes to see what's her chops, and she's like, "Look, I don't have a razor crest, but what I do have is this Naboo starfighter." And from that point on, it's boom, like one after the other. Every sentence it's like Jowers. Uh, it's like different, even like stupid technical stuff that decades ago you would have absolutely chastised fans for for being nerds. Now it's like you know all of this stuff. Like this one part for the ship that they reference as something like a uh, a cryogenic combustion booster, which is mm. basically a plastic pole. That's exactly the thing that they use back in episode four when they're in the trash compactor and they're trying to prop it open because the walls are converging. It's like you would have been slated as a fan for knowing that stuff years mm. ago. You'd been like, oh, you're such a nerd, such a geek. But now it's like, you need to know this stuff. So it was literally one after the other. And um, yeah, so the fan service stuff, dude, I was, it was some of the best Star Wars that we've seen in a while. And we said that about some of the episodes in series mm. two of The Mandalorian. We're like, this is just some cool stuff. So yeah, dude, I didn't mind it one bit. Um, no. Not one bit. It was It was very, very cool. So how does this look then? How does this look? Um, how does it reflect on the Book of Boba Fett in terms of we're four episodes in or four chapters in and we've basically said about each story, yeah, not too bad. I think one of them, when I said to you, what was your opening with you? You were like, it was shite. And then the other episodes were like, yeah, it's not too bad. It's got some good bits in it, but it's mm. not too bad. How does this then reflect on that? Because you put one episode of The Mandalorian in and everyone loses their mind about how good it is. It's like, 
Yeah, it's a tough one. I I, I think you know the the the. the the prop from the Death Star trash compactor is a per- perfect example. Cryogenic density combustion booster, as you said. That's the one. That's a perfect example. It's, they needed something to prove the Jawas could get stuff. Why not make it be something that the nerds would know? And I think that's what the Mando has done so well. Like Beggar's Canyon, the Womp Rat. He took the pod racer route, you know, and it, it, it was... <clears throat> all these... They, something had to occur in those places. And so they used things that we would recognize. And what that does is it gives us that big dopamine hit. We love it. You know, I was I said to Sam, I was like, holy shit, that's Beggar's Canyon. Holy crap, that's like that's where Anakin flew 30, 40, 50, 70 years ago, whenever it was. You know, just just perfectly done. Um and I think that's where Boba Fett struggles a little bit because what you've got. You've sort of got like the, the two sides of the same coin for me, right? You've got the Mandalorian from whom nothing, uh, nothing is expected. You know, it's all new. It's all fresh. However, the Easter eggs give you the dopamine. So the story can do what it wants. And it's pulling from Mandalore. You know, we saw the capital city of Mandalore destroyed, which was seen in the Clone Wars. So it's familiar. Boba Fett is the exact opposite. Boba Fett is the ultimate Easter egg. You know, he occurred in one film and then became a crazy character megastar that people have got different perceptions of, that has got baggage from the old Legends canon, the EU, and who people expect to act a a certain way, despite not really in this canon, having seen anything from him beyond his death. So there's no reason for him to act like anything else. You know, what we are seeing is not to be unexpected, it's just that we have never seen it. So he's he's sort of like where he, where the Mandalorian has the scope to tell a new story with nothing riding on it, but throw Easter eggs in. Boba Fett is an Easter egg with its own expectations and whose story has to hit certain, I suppose certain markers for certain fans. Like, the Mandalorian has always done a good job of tying the universe together. And it did it again, you know, it referenced um, the animals from Canto Bight. So something from The Last Jedi is in The Mandalorian. And Boba Fett is is the other way around. Like, it almost has to be beholden to so much stuff that whatever you do, you get it wrong. It was like like when it was revealed who Ray's parents were and everyone's like, bastards, I thought it was going to be Qui-Gon. Damn, I thought she was going to be a Kenobi. Balls, I thought it was going to be like... Mace Windu's family or what everyone had something in their head about what it was going to be. And when it wasn't, everyone kicked off. And I do believe, despite everything else to do with The Last Jedi, I do believe that was one of the big catalysts for the hate that it got. Because people just they were like, What? I thought it was I thought they were gonna be this or that or the other. So we always build these things up. And Boba Fett is in that category of things that can be built up, whereas the Mandalorian draws on the exact same law, on the exact same history but it does so in a complementary way and tells its own story because there is no weight to the Mandalorian yet. And I think that that's the difference with the two series is that it, you know, one comes with piles of expectation. The other one defies expectation because it doesn't need to do anything, you know? So I, I, when it comes to Boba, I mean, I still believe that the last two episodes will introduce things that we don't expect. I really do. I think we will. I think it will. It will change things. I think it will. It maybe introduce new characters. I think it will. You know, whatever. I think something new will occur, or it will bring people back. Like we've talked about Kira or Chewie or Solo or whatever. It will bring some of that back. Um. But it, but it, it struggled in isolation. I think, and I think that's probably the challenge that it's got to overcome. Is that you know it might be one of those where when you look back at it, like Attack of the Clones is getting a bit of love now. It's a bit of a shaky film, but now it's getting a lot more love because of the Book of Boba Fett. So Book of Boba Fett is doing for Attack of the Clones what the the next two seasons of The Mandalorian might do for it. You know, yeah, um, yeah, true. So it's and it feels like it's all the same sort of story. It feels like the Book of Boba Fett is just sort of adjacent. It's sort of like a. Um, you know, when you get a book and it's like you sort of get a companion book or you get a, um, you know, the best example is like comics. You know, you get, here's Christ on Infinite Earths and you get one bit that talks about the Flash being kidnapped by the Monitor. But actually, you don't need to read the rest of the story about the Flash. But if you want to, here's like four comic issues of exactly what happened during that time. And it's not, 
it doesn't need to be watched or, or read, but it if you want that content, it's there and it'll fill some of the story out. It feels like Boba Fett is sort of in that position at the minute. Yeah, no, I think you're right, dude. I think you've nailed it there as well with um, essentially the Mandalorian's got a bit more freedom to go off and tell its own story, whereas Boba Fett feels a bit more shackled to the you know the canon and the law and everything that's it's it was born out of i suppose so yeah i get that dude i get that um yeah i think I've, it was more um uh, the, another reason why i enjoyed it is because it didn't the, the pacing was perfect i found in contrast to the book of boba fett and it was uh, it managed to accomplish a lot each scene just i uh, seemed to just spill over with very cool content um which is very cool. And uh, I found it really funny as well. It wasn't all just uh, doom and gloom about um, about uh, the Mando missing Grogu and, you know, the fight with Vizsla and stuff. There was some really funny stuff in it. Um, some of the stuff with Pelimoto and, like, you know, I, d- I dated a Jawa once and she can speak the language. And just her performance was really funny um, uh, as she's trying to win the Mando back, you know, because he's expecting a razor crest. He gets there and she's just got this pile of crap. It's a bit like Luke Skywalker's um, reaction when he sees the Falcon for the first time. He's like, what a hunk of junk, you know? And Han's like, don't knock it, man. This has got all the all the tricks and stuff. And then she goes on to say, you know, essentially the same thing and and then prove it. And there were some other funny bits where we get, he's getting on the, uh, on the transport stuff and he's going through security, like we all do at an airport. And it's really annoying because they're like, mm-hmm. take your shoes off, take your belt off, you know, all that stuff. That was really funny. And just quickly, the scene um, after he's taken the uh, his new ship for a spin, you have the two uh, X-wing uh, pilots who are sort of you mm-hmm. know, uh, looking out of the protecting that bit of space, I suppose, around Tatooine, and they let him go. Essentially, he, he you know he does the off, and then they're like, "So, are we going to do anything about this?" And he's like, "Nah, I just want to do paperwork all afternoon." And they're like, "Yeah." We should probably go. It was just yeah. really funny, dude. It was just, it was those two funny scenes that were just, it just felt like modern day uh, time, you know, stuff that you'd experience yeah. in everyday life, man. So I enjoyed it a lot. What, what would be your score um, out of 10 for chapter four then of Boba Fett? Out of 10, did we say? Yeah. Um, all right. So out of 10, I'd go with like a six and a half. Mm. Okay. And then yeah. chapter five? Oh, okay. Uh, chapter. So I'm not going to score this as a book of Boba Fett episode. I'm going to score it as a, a Mandalorian episode. Um, I would probably score that like a solid, a solid nine because I don't. I, I just can't think of anything that would have been improved. I can't think of anything that would have been better. Mm, true. And I don't know why it's not a ten because there's not. <laughs> I, I suppose I'm reserving a ten for like an episode that that is better that I just can't envisage. You know. Mm. No, I read you, dude. Yeah, probably a five from me on chapter four. And for chapter five, I'd say it's a good eight for me. A solid, yeah, solid eight. I think there's a, I think there's a few episodes to come um, with him in the Book of Boba Fett and the next season of The Mandalorian that are going to be uh, some stellar stuff. So, yeah. Anything else you want to mention on these episodes, dude? Nah, man, I'm, I'm just good. curious how it wraps up and I'm, I'm curious about what will happen post- the end of Boba Fett because I, I honestly think this will get a lot of love I think it's going to take the prequel treatment I think it's going to get a lot of love after it's finished and I don't mean like week after it's finished I mean two years after it's finished and we see where everything else is going and how potentially Boba fits into the wider universe and I do think we'll come back to it and go actually it was very good at what it did yeah spot on dude as always you like you're like a little, little Yoda. Like a wise. <laughs> yeah. Well, Very a lot of people say that. Yeah. Anyway, let's do it there for 141. Let's wrap it up. It's been cool to play catch up a little bit and speak about the last couple of chapters of the Book of Boba Fett. Well, the Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian. It's been cool to talk through that, dude. So um, that's good. So next week when we come back, um, we're going to carry on with our reviews. We might do a little bit of news um, because we'll only have one chapter to review next week. So uh, 
we'll probably catch up on some of the cool things. We've got some gaming news to update you on, and there might be some stuff that pops up throughout the week. So join us here. Same bat channel, same bat time uh, to go through that stuff. Uh, in the meantime, though, make sure that you grab this podcast on your fave app or you know any of the popular platforms for podcasts. Just do a search of Spark of Rebellion. You'll find us on there. And uh, follow and subscribe, do all that stuff so you won't miss a show when it lands every single Saturday. And uh, you can head over to the website as well, sparkofrebellion.com. You can listen to all the apps there for free as well. And you can link off to the socials. We're on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Instagram or forward slash Twitter. That will take you off there and come and chat um, Star Wars throughout the week. And uh, if you want to support the show, if you like Spark of Rebellion and you, uh, you like listening to Mark's accents and you like listening to my waffle around certain uh, geekery bits around Star Wars and just our general bants and office quotes, then uh, you can join our other patrons and do that over at our Patreon. So just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and you can jump on from a dollar upwards and get yourself some SOR swag. And a big thank you to our current patrons. You guys are awesome. So thank you very much. It's been great as always, dude. Talking Star Wars and Star Wars and more Star Wars. Always fun, man. Yeah, looking forward to next week. Um, some interesting news, like I say, around gaming and uh, just generally see how Book of Boba Fett pans out. But yeah, glad to be back, dude. And I enjoyed the, the interview last week with Charles. Um, hopefully uh, get a few more of those. We've got, a, uh, you remember the, the Star Wars gaming RPG team? Um, I think we're talking to those chaps next week, actually, as well. Um, in our usual slot we've got an interview running for those guys as well so we'll do a bit of news do a bit of recap and then maybe bolt on uh, an interview for the week after um, with the guys that are making that, that that Star Wars RPG so that should be quite interesting dude um, V shall see but yeah cheers my man enjoyed it yeah cool yeah we've got loads going on at the minute on the podcast it's great great time so yeah just keep an eye on the socials let you know what's going on uh, with the episodes the next couple of weeks but uh, yeah take care of yourself Star Wars listener have a good week and may the force be with you always <laughs>